Well, as Ontario enters phase one of its reopening today, there's obviously, as we've been talking about, a lot of excitement. Also, a lot of cautious optimism as health officials are sending out warnings about this Delta variant. And for more on that, let's welcome in Dr. Jim Wright, who's with the Ontario Medical Association. And the doctor joins us now here on 640 Toronto. Dr. Wright, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Jeff. Um, how, how are you? I'm okay, thank you, and appreciate your time on this Friday. Uh, just first, uh, how much, can you kind of contextualize for us right now amongst health officials, just how much of a concern the Delta variant is? Well, I can appreciate how confusing it is for everyone uh, to keep track, um, let alone um, the fact that the names uh, change frequently. So uh, we've been hearing about this variant of concern, which uh, was called uh, B16 or B1617, and now is called the Delta variant. And uh, what we're seeing in different parts of the world is it's becoming the dominant um, uh, strain. So uh, people who are tested for COVID and turn out to be positive, these different strains are tested. And this Delta variant um, is becoming uh, more widespread. Um, For example, recently in the UK, it's become the dominant uh, form of uh, COVID-19. So we're watching with some uh, concerns. not sure how this is going to play out in in the next little while. So I would say that uh, people are very pleased, uh, health officials are very pleased to see the daily case counts come down, uh, the hospitalization, intensive care. Uh, But uh, we have to remain vigilant. Now, what makes the Delta variant, what makes it so dangerous or concerning? So, uh, unfortunately, with so many people uh, around the world, This is unfortunately a common experience with viruses. Uh, The most usual experience people would have is every year the flu changes. So that's why you can't get a flu vaccine and expect it to cover you year after year. Every year, unfortunately, uh, the flu vaccine. Now, thankfully, the flu is a relatively mild illness. So what we've seen is this variant, the most recent variant, um, it is better at transmitting itself, and that's why it becomes so successful. Um, it, it goes from one person to another person, and it's a leap above what we were previously experienced, which is now called the alpha variant, which was the B117, which up until recently, in fact, still in Ontario, is the dominant strain. So these viruses mutate, and they become increasingly successful at reproducing themselves and the way to do that is by transmitting themselves from person to person so it's been estimated it's about 40 percent or thereabouts more infectious than the uh, alpha variant so you know that that certainly means it's a more successful virus it would spread more easily and that's why we're so concerned um that's why we're keeping you know keeping our eye on keeping it keeping a close and, eye on it uh, yeah, is it yeah. I don't know, the way you're describing it to me, do these variants, do they get smarter? Does the virus get smarter and a little more, I don't know, craftier in terms of being able to, you know, transmit from person to person? Well, in the simplest terms, this is what you might have heard the phrase natural selection, which is um, viruses like humans, like all organisms, um, their basic material, the genetic material mutate. So as it reproduces, sometimes it doesn't quite transmit the same from one set of viruses to the next virus. 
Now, sometimes those mutations are very harmful and uh, the virus dies off more easily. But you can imagine that sometimes those mutations, particularly when you think of, you know, uh, the millions of viruses in a person, let alone the millions of people who have it, once in a while you get a really successful mutation that allows it to jump from one host to the next host. And then, of course, it more likely uh, reproduces itself. So it's, it's not a nefarious thing per se, but uh, this is what viruses do. They mutate and they become increasingly more successful at transmitting themselves from one person to the next. All right. So if this is a mutation and another variant, the Delta variant, do we know how effective our current vaccines are against the Delta variant? And that's the key. Um, let's say we have some early information that would suggest um, that uh, um, it's so for you to understand um, when um, a virus comes into the body, um, it's not a single strategy of the body that fights the virus. It generates all sorts of antibodies and certain cells called T cells. And even if a virus undergoes a mutation, there's enough in common between one to the next. It's not like it completely becomes uh, immune or uh, immune is not the right word. It, be, it can it's not protected by that vaccine. But in this particular case, the early evidence is, is that after a first dose, it may not be as effective as the vaccines were against some of the other variants. Now, the estimates are somewhere around 30 to maybe 50 percent. Now, that's preventing uh, illness. That doesn't mean it still doesn't protect you against serious illness. So that's a little bit more concerning to us as we see a virus which is a little less likely to be successfully immunized by one dose. However, with two doses, it jumps up to be almost as good as um, the other um, forms of COVID and the effectiveness of the vaccine. So that's why uh, the government is going to be prioritizing the second dose in what they call hotspots is to try and keep this uh, variant from spreading uh, too widely. So they're going to try and get the second doses into the hotspots and keep it at a very manageable and hopefully a very low number. Yeah, just how critical uh, is that? Well, um, it, it's becoming a very complicated uh, question because you've got a different mix of, of uh, viruses, you've got different vaccines, you've got different populations, you've got different rates of first and second doses, and that's why we rely increasingly on what's been called the science table, because they're experts in putting all of this information together and give us the best advice. And right now, their best advice is to try and get the second dose of vaccines into the areas where we see this Delta variant, and hopefully that's going to keep it manageable and these case counts can continue to drop. Um, the hospitals don't fill up and we can begin to enjoy perhaps a more normal summer. All right, we're accelerating those second doses with Moderna and Pfizer, the mRNA vaccines. But Brampton Mayor Patrick Brown, Dr. Wright, is making some news here on this uh, Friday afternoon. He has sent a letter to the uh, provincial government asking the province to accelerate second doses of AstraZeneca. Those who got AZ as their first dose currently still have to wait 12 weeks for the second dose. Just medically speaking, should uh, AZ, should the second dose be made available immediately? Yeah, and that gets to the complexity of this because um, our aim, our collective aim, uh, the citizens of Ontario, the healthcare professionals who look after them, uh, 
um, our public health officials is to try and minimize serious illness, hospitalization, and death. So there's real value, uh, even if only 30% of the population. So how do we decide uh, on whether to accelerate um, that first, that second dose versus getting more people vaccinated? And right now, um, the, uh, we're going with the hotspots, shortening the dose with hotspots. The good news, as we become increasingly flooded with vaccine, I suspect you'll see some shortening. But right now, they're focusing on the hotspots. Do you know, uh, as research proven, 12 weeks when it comes to AstraZeneca is optimum between doses. But uh, do we have any research at all that suggests that maybe we could shorten that window a little bit? Because there are people out there saying, listen, I listened to the government. They told me, take the first vaccine that was available to me. It was AstraZeneca. And now I've got to wait longer for my second dose to get fully vaccinated. Yeah. So I've had the AstraZeneca and I got it as soon as it was available. And I encourage everyone to follow that advice. Whenever you're told to get your vaccine, my advice is um, uh, to get your vaccine when you can. So um, as you pointed out, uh, we learned from the UK. This was a good thing we learned from the UK because they very early uh, went to a prolonged dosage for the AstraZeneca. And as you know, they were one of the, uh, they were terribly afflicted with uh, COVID, um, and including the alpha variant, and through a strategy of prolonging the dose, which allowed them to vaccinate a whole bunch of people with the first dose, that's what that's how they got it under control. So I, I wish I could give you a simple answer. Um, you know, do this versus not do this. It's, it's really complicated because you've got all these populations, you've got these variants, you've got the different vaccines. Right now, based on the information we have, uh, we go with the interval that we've got because that gets the maximum number of people with their first dose. Now, that advice may change. And that's confusing for people because you think you finally got your handle on it. Well, with new information, that's what you want. You want the best information at the time. So the answer I've given you, I think, is the answer good for today. And I hope it will continue to be good. Uh, and I have great confidence in the science table and the uh the task force, which is directing us. And uh, we look to them for the best advice. All right. Well, Dr. Wright, appreciate uh, all of your expertise with us here and your time on this Friday. Thank you so much. Have a happy and safe weekend. Yeah, pleasure to talk to you. And I hope you have a nice weekend, too. Thanks. Appreciate it. Dr. Jim Wright is with the Ontario Medical Association.